0: MSW Media.
1: Hi, this is Will Forte, and you're, for some reason, listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. Major choice. (laughs) Go!
2: A glass, sit for a spell. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with and (laughs) done.
1: Yo. What's up? A guy named Vince sent me a message on Instagram. He said, uh, hey man, at the top of each episode, you should tell us what we're drinking. This way, if we want to drink along with you, we can do that. My first thought when I got that message was like, hey Vince, I want to direct a podcast so badly, how about you start your own? I thought about it, I was like, you know, Vince has a good point. This is, this is something I should, I should let you know, hey, drink with me. It's like we're drinking together. All right, so fine. Vince, fine. Today on the show, we're drinking the Dubliner Irish whiskey. This is a, I like this. I when I was looking around what we should drink with our guest, who Joe DeRosa is coming right up. I was like, oh, I grab this one out of my bar. It's a, it's a, it's owned by quintessential Brands. Um, it's a real young, It's all Irish people that make it. It's made in the um, Liberties District of Dublin, Ireland. Last year they did a whole rebranding, a new label. It's really cool, slick for the young folk. And uh, they got a great distillery manager there named John Park doing some fine work. And Irish whiskey is on the rise and we are celebrating, it's March and we're celebrating the upcoming holiday, St. Patrick's Day. And so we got the Dubliner. Vince, if you got any at home, I'm particularly going to be drinking the the three-year-old blended Dubliner whiskey that's aged in bourbon casks, and I also have the Dubliner whiskey and honeycomb on hand, which is a whiskey liqueur. You know, then there's the core, The other part of the core range is just the Dubliner Irish whiskey. Vince, if you have it, get it. I'll wait. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I can't wait for you, but just hit hit pause, Vince. All right? But no, I do appreciate it. And I appreciate anybody who wants to write in with suggestions such as Vince's, I'm at the imbiber on Twitter and Instagram. You can email me, dan at whatweirdrinking.com. Now let's get to it, shall we? Hey, ho. Hey, ho. Hey, ho. Hey, ho. Wow, it's it's March 1st already. This is crazy. Where did my fucking life go? One day, you wake, you're one years. they're smacking you in the ass, and they're like, welcome to the world, and now it's March 1st, 2022, and you know, listeners of this show know that March, of course, we're just, it's all about St. Patrick's Day here, Well, I've tapped, my last name's Dunn, that's an Irish heritage, so we're tapping in, and we're going to kick things off today. Uh, by drinking the Dubliner Irish whiskey, that's what I got. I got several bottles of this in front of me. I'll be telling you all about it with my my dear friend coming on. Uh, you know, normally I'll kick off the show and I'll bullshit a little bit. You know, it'll be ten minutes of me talking about this or talking about that. Uh, when this guy's on the show, I got, he's got to come right on. I can't even wait to get him on. So, coming at us from the one of the hottest places in New York City called Joey Rose's the founder of that fine establishment. You also know him as a, a, a comedian, an actor, star of stage and screen. He is the, the co-host of a wildly popular podcast called Taste Buds. And he's always, he's been on the show more times than, than I'm worthy of. Let me say that. Joe DeRosa. How are you, buddy?
0: I'm doing well, man. Good to see you. Glad to be settling in here with a with a drink with you, my friend. Thank you for all the kind words. It's been a long day. And uh here we are.
1: Look at All right. So, folks, I'm at the imbiber on the Instagram. I'll be posting a little promo videos because I want you to see this. You got a cool what's going on there in the back? This looks like a cool ass sort of loungy red Sinatra rat pack esque vibe you got going. Where are you right now?
0: This is this is the back. So Joey Rose is at one, is at 174 Rivington in New York city, which is the lower East side, classic lower East side. Uh, and we have a bar area out front and, uh, this is our back room though, that is open to the public and it's called the Rose room. And this was very much based on, you know, the concept of that sort of late seventies, uh, mid seventies or even late sixties, early seventies, quite frankly, uh, lounge, uh, you know, Rat Pack, the movie Dead Presidents comes to mind when the guys are playing cards at the beginning. Um, studio a little bit of studio fifty-four. But you know, the, the concept here was to make this room as old school as possible and like the coolest, most like feeling VIP lounge that was open to anybody.
1: And so everybody knows this. Joe had a, a pop up sandwich shop. It was called Joey Roses, right.
0: That's right, yeah. And
1: they were you were doing these sandwiches, all very affordable, right? Under $10, uh, yeah. delicious sandwiches. And it was so wildly popular that you, and can I say you're a Paul from- the, Of course, yeah. So Paul Italia, who is uh, one of the, the proprietor of the Stand Nightclub, where we've done my show, and we're going to have some news about that too, as well. So Paul partners up with you, and you decide to do a brick and mortar joint that opened up, what, a couple of months ago, Right.
0: Uh, we opened on Black Friday uh, of 2021, so yeah, we've been here for a few months now, and uh, it's been great. It's awesome having a spot in the neighborhood that feels like a neighborhood spot, that looks like a neighborhood spot, that that where the goal was to be a neighborhood spot, that, that neighborhood people are coming into, as well as people coming in and visiting from out of town and stuff. It's been so fun. It's a beautiful day here in New York with 66 degrees. Got the windows open, the breeze blowing. Sun is shining, you know, or was. It's getting dark now, but, you know, it's just awesome. It's awesome having one of these places with just good energy, good vibes. It's been really fun.
1: Well, you and I have had conversations about this off the air, and it seems like it's been very grounding for you Um, as someone who, you know, when you're playing in the entertainment game, either whether you're on the road doing comedy or you're hustling to get jobs in movies and TV or whatever it is you're doing, you seem to be very happy having something you can literally put your hands on. You can get behind the bar. You can make a sandwich. It's something real. It's tangible. Mm-hmm. You there's no bullshit. You know you're not negotiating a deal. Someone comes in and goes, "I want that sandwich." You they give you money. You give them the sandwich. You give them a drink. Everybody's happy.
0: Yes. Yeah. No. It's it's. I mean, I don't often give the sandwiches or drinks out, but <laughs> but I have. And I will, and I do sometimes. Keep doing this show, Joe.
1: Don't worry. We'll tank your career enough where you'll be you'll be making those sandwiches oh, every day. Right. Yeah, okay.
0: Good, good, yeah. good, good. <laughs> no, it's we have an amazing staff here, and uh, it's, it is it is very satisfying to, yeah, it, you know, look, I, I, I feel quite blessed to get to do what I do in the entertainment business. You know, I try to not take it for granted. I try to appreciate the fact that I can get hired to go do comedy, stand-up comedy shows around the country and sometimes around the world. And then at times I do acting work and and that I get to do a podcast that people listen to and and care about and enjoy. I feel very blessed for all those things. But, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's the entertainment industry. And there is a certain amount of bullshit that you're going to have to swallow with it. I mean, it's just what it is. And I'm sure it's that... Uh, it's not even that it's the entertainment industry. It's that it's an industry period that is, you know, susceptible to standards and practices of sorts and, and, and advertising and, and, you know, that sort of thing, Yeah, which is where a lot of the headaches can come from sometimes. Whereas with this, it's a little bit different because it feels a little more like a lemonade stand where it's like, you're in your driveway. Fortify, you
1: know? Fortified lemonade, though, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah drink yeah, enough of yeah. Joe's lemonade, you're walking. You're wobbling out the door.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I hear
1: the cocktails are fantastic. I so I full disclosure, I have not been yet because obviously with COVID, it's fucked everything up. But I'm going to be going uh, to New York at the end of March. We're doing the show, I believe. It's not set in stone, but almost March 25th at the Stand Comedy Club. We'll be doing a live recording what we're drinking and I'll be providing details on how you can get tickets and all that. Uh, If you're there, Joe has been on every show we've done there so far. Joe's been on the bill and has killed it. And I I pray you're going to be there on March 25th because you will
0: I plan on it. You
1: will be part of this show. I don't even give you an option. Joe has to come up. He has to be on there.
0: I I, I plan on it. Joe, by the the way,
1: I think this is going to happen. And I actually thought of you. So a bunch of my Philly guys, and I grew up in a tough neighbor, you know, the neighborhood Frankfurt in Philly, so I, oh, yeah. I think I've enticed a number of my old Philly guys that I grew up with, because it's going to be on a Friday night, March 25th, to make the trek up to New York for the comedy show. And they've already said, my buddy Bobby and I said, I, I hope you're ready for, because we're going to heckle the shit out of you during this show. And I said, that's why I got professional comedians on there to take care of this shit. So are you ready to handle Philly scum that's coming up?
0: No, that sounds that sounds terribly annoying. <laughs>
1: No, they're, they're, they're older.
0: Now. There might be a couple of, they might I, I've I've had friends that I've had friends that have said that to yeah. me. Dude, I'm coming and I'm going to heckle you. I go, don't do that. No, no, <laughs> yeah. don't do no, that. No, thanks. Thank you. Don't come if you're going to do that. That ruins the show. These people, you know, there are people that think that it's part of the show. And uh, it's not part of the show, as we all know. Hmm. Uh, and then they think if you say, I don't want you to do that, then it means, or, or if you say to them, stop it means like you can't handle it. And it's like, no, I can handle it, but I have a job to do right now. And I have prepared material that I want to tell this audience and this audience wants to hear that over what you're doing. And, uh, and they, the heckler never seems to quite understand that concept. And then they get kicked out and they usually cry, usually crying from the heckler that, uh, you know, they weren't doing anything and they were just trying to have fun and, it's never somebody going, I'm in, in my 22 years of doing stand-up, I've never once seen a heckler go, sorry I fucked up, which big surprise, like every other walk in life. You got to have
1: thick skin, and you got to be quick-witted, obviously. I mean, when we've done the shows at The Stand, you guys, it just rolls right off your back. I, I noticed in the couple of shows that we did, I don't even know if it's heckling, but it's like people that are drunk and they're talking. And I, I had to, I had to really work hard mentally to go, don't pay attention. Don't pay attention to focus on what uh, big J saying, or focus on what Joe's saying, or even that little distraction of them talking drunkenly in the background. And I guess you just got to, you get used to that. Right. It's like, it's like the noise of cabs. in
0: I mean, well, I, I I think, I think when you're not, uh, when you don't do it frequently, right. I think it's a matter of it's, a, it's. There's an amplification of the senses, almost. You know what I mean? Every second takes a minute. Every minute takes an hour, right? And you can't believe this excruciating length of time that you have to be on the stage and fulfill. You know uh, uh, this 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 gap from point A to point B, and because you're in that mindset, every little thing that could be a distraction you're hearing it you're you know what i mean because everything is turned way up that's like, like me like dude, that,
1: that's how i am with sex i'm like yeah, how much longer yeah. is this going to be And the oh i think i heard my dog in the other room my neighbor's outside
0: it's just excruciating oh, sometimes, isn't
1: sex it? joe can we have a toast man we've been on the air it's 10 minutes we have not had, we have not had a toast yet we got the but do- what's that let me finish the point you asked me a question you only finished the answer because i don't need a drink you, you're, well, you're well, flustering on. me
0: with sex talk. Uh, why right. am I? No, you you asked me the question of, does that go away? Didn't you? Or am I imagining that?
1: <laughs> I just said it rolls off your back and then you decided to you just, go on my, a soliloquy just, about it. Go ahead. No, no you
0: just get more comfortable. It's like being in the woods at night for the first time. Every, every snap of a twig, you go, what was that? What was that? What was that? What was that? You become a seasoned camper or outdoorsman, you know. You, you start, it's the, the, the nature is just another backdrop, you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: and then you realize it's, like it's the person, it's the you realize it's just the person you kidnapped,
0: and you're like, oh, keep yeah. it down, yeah, yeah, yeah. Always with the zingers, you look you at know? me. I, Please, I should be stop. a
1: professional. By the way, folks, what I mention I'll be at the stand comedy club march? That's this <laughs> is the kind of razor sharp humor you can expect. Joe, let's and have And you a-
0: haven't you haven't been drinking yet. This is your no, first drink.
1: Here trip. we go. I'm, I am I've got the <laughs> I've got the Dubliner Irish whiskey bourbon cask aged here. Chir- Slancha, my friend. We're kicking Ding. off we're kicking off March uh St. Patrick's Day. Mm. I have the same here. It's delicious. You can I, I it's it nice. So, the Dublin the Dubliner is kind of a the, the distillery actually dates back to the 1700s in the uh in the liberties area of guess where it's made Dublin man you are sharp and so yeah. so it, this is but it's kind of new back you know we've talked about this numerous times on the show How Irish whiskey w- kind of went away was almost extinct and now it's coming back like gangbusters and they're killing it, really it. and they got a really cool young team there. These are whiskeys that are, you know, they're not super expensive. They're affordable, but they're delicious, you know. And uh, and this one here, aged in bourbon casks, obviously, as it says it on the on the bottle here. It's a blend of three year old single malt and grain whiskeys, but they got a bunch of different expressions. We'll talk about some of those. Are you an Irish? You're you're a whiskey fan, right?
0: Yeah, I am a whiskey fan. In fact, it's. I'm glad we're talking about where the Dubliner is made Dublin right yeah. because I was always taught that you could not call it bourbon unless it came from Kentucky has that changed well no it's not bur- it's uh, excuse me <laughs> it's not it's not it's just bourbon
1: on the bottle though no 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 let me explain the rule one of the major rules of bourbon is that it has to be aged in new white oak which means they can only use it one time to age bourbon once they've aged it in those casts they have to do something with those casts are still good so bourbon casks are sold all over the world they age tequila they age rum in them they age scotch in them they every so basically it's single use here for bourbon and then they ship it out and then they see yeah so these are this is these are aged in x bourbon casks that's
0: it okay the, the key word is the c word got
1: it yeah so you get like for instance with this one right here this bourbon cask age i'm getting like touches of vanilla and and that that's the first sign that it's came from a bourbon cast when you get that vanilla flavor it's just something that's sort of ingrained the, mm-hmm. what's left behind from the bourbon always uh, imbues that flavor note or you get you know you're getting a little bit of that honey and caramel that's all from the bourbon barrels that's where you're getting it
0: okay now i get it now i got it um yeah. By the way, the keyword is the C word is a great slogan for something. I don't know what it is. Wait, be what's the C for, word?
1: What do, you, what do you mean? Cask. By oh, cask. I got it. Yeah. That's the
0: that's the, that's the key word because I was just seeing bourbon and I was like, why, how is it allowed to be called bourbon? It's not called bourbon. So that's the first thing. Second thing I wanted to just say on a side note, uh, I learned so much on this podcast because I thought I was a drunk. <laughs> and then I talked to you. Well, wait, 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 Let me cut you off there for a second. i People always say this. You
1: couldn't do my job if you were actually, I mean, don't get me wrong. You and I have been out numerous times and where we've tipped back a few too many, but for the most, like to do this job, if you were a legit alcoholic, like it, you couldn't do the job. <laughs> It'd be like, it would be like if you worked in a chocolate factory and you were a compulsive, uh, candy eater, you know, like it's, it's just not going to work out. You know, you're going to die of whatever people die of that eat too much chocolate, but I enjoy and appreciate adult beverages. And, uh, but yeah, for the most part, you know, when I'm doing this, I mean, I have had some, i during COVID, we had some podcasts where it was lonely, man. And I, I remember doing one for instance, with Brian Cranston, with his Mescal. and we were on the air for a good hour and 15 minutes and by the end of that episode i he and i were just tossing him back you know you clearly don't know who you're talking to so let me clue you in i am not in danger skyler i am the danger a guy opens his door and gets shot and you think that of me no i am the one who knocks I had some people over recently and the homemade drinks were a All my guests were like, dude, these are the best friggin' cocktails I've ever had. You're an amazing mixologist. And I was like, damn straight I am. What my guest didn't know is I was cheating a little bit. Of course, I used top-shelf booze in the drinks, and you gotta do that. But I wasn't juicing the limes or pureeing the prickly pears or grinding up the jalapenos that made my cocktail so great. All I did was order Fresh Victor. Fresh Victor is a line of all-natural, clean-label cocktail mixers that brings the magic of master mixologists into your home with contemporary flavors designed to suit any palate. All of the ingredients are fair-trade sourced. There's no ar- artificial anything the mixers are produced at a hundred percent solar powered juicing plant with absolutely no waste Fresh Victor is here to let you put down the citrus press and get back to the party. Right now, Fresh Victor is offering a juicy deal to my listeners. Simply go to freshvictor.com and at checkout, enter promo code WWD20 to get 20% off your order. You want to throw a party? Throw a party and treat yourself and your guests to the very best mixers on the market. And that's Fresh Victor.
0: Yeah, my story will be like he was in a... He was in. A, he, was, he hit rock bottom. He was drinking too much and eating too many hoagies.
1: <laughs> is it is it hard to resist, man? Surrounded by all those sandwiches, you got there. Yeah, man.
0: It's I'm 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 probably at one of my heavier weights. Uh, But it's not the sandwiches' fault. It's the fault of, you know, coming out of this post COVID crap, being way too, you know, just being almost completely sedentary and. And, you know, comfort fooding way too much and not exercising, you know, and and, and comfort fooding much more than sandwiches, uh, you know, ice cream and whatever else. And then also drinking, you know, having a little too much fun because we all know the booze is a nice release. You know, it's a nice escape from all the bullshit for a minute. Um, but, you know, I just I got I started a new regiment this week. I'm like, I got to I have to start the ball rolling back towards being in somewhat some sort of shape.
1: I hope you're going to be in good shape by the time we do our show on March 25th. Cause as you know, my shows do tend to pull in the ladies. I'm just saying.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll be ready to break whatever regimen I've established by then. Oh, that very evening. Coming yeah. Out. That very evening. Um, all right, um, let's move on to
1: happier news to drink to as we're, as Dan and Joe drink to the news. Uh, I didn't know a lot about your mayor. Eric Adams, the new mayor of New York City. Now, I don't, are
0: you a fan? What, what's your deal? I have no opinion uh, on him. I don't. I don't know much about him. Uh, and one of the things I sort of let go of during COVID was any marginal investment I could have had in any of that sort of thing. So uh, I, I just. Uh, I don't know much about him. Okay. I hear great things from some people, and I hear other people hate his guts, and but I don't know. I mean, he's got to be better than de Blasio. He's an ex-cop. That was his whole yeah. thing.
1: And I think people got, you know, the whole defund the police thing. There was a big backlash to that. So I didn't know much about him either, but I've had some friends tell me that they, they're definitely in the do not like him camp. And over okay. the last few days, I've gotten a, a, few, a bit of information about him. Now, one of the things about him that was that I was really fucked up, OK, was he was asked in an interview by Vanity Fair back when he was mm-hmm. running for mayor. This is strange. It's really strange, Joe. They asked him, they were trying to humanize him, you know, what's your favorite concert of all time? It's a simple question. I mean, it's a a simple question insofar as if I asked you, you'd probably think it could be this, it could be Faith No More. But, you know, you could probably come up with something. When he was asked what his favorite show was, he cited a 1990 (laughs) show in Brooklyn. Okay. This is a direct quote. They said, which favorite concert? He said, Curtis Mayfield at the Wingate Concert Series. Now, it's pretty cool. Here's the thing Curtis Mayfield, brilliant artist, the late Curtis Mayfield, brilliant artist, great. Superfly. Superfly, Freddie's Dead. That's Curtis. All right. Future shock. Nothing wrong with loving a Curtis Mayfield concert unless it's this concert. Because here's what happened at this concert Curtis Mayfield never played at the concert. There were some opening bands, they came on. There was bad weather happening that night. Really bad weather. In fact, they should have stopped the concert, but they didn't. Guy comes out, introduces Curtis Mayfield. The wind is blowing. It's bad. It's... Yeah. Mayfield um, gets on stage and a rig blows over and lands on him. Okay, injuring yes. a butt. He was the only one, uh was not the only one injured, but He was paralyzed from the neck down, right?
0: Yes. Never, yeah, He was paralyzed from the
1: neck down and suffered a lot of problems over that. And a few years later, he died. This is no, he
0: he didn't die a few years later. He, he, uh, nine years, nine years, performed, nine years later. He performed after the accident, I believe. But I think, uh, but I might be wrong, but um, yeah. Well, I here's the thing with this, with a story like this, if I may. Okay. I don't believe the question was posed as what's your favorite concert you ever went to yeah, I believe it was the qu- well do we have a video of it if we don't have a video no he of doesn't it, I don't dispute
1: this is a quote for this is what he says this is a quote from him at that concert there was a rainstorm and the lights fell on Curtis Mayfield and they actually paralyzed him at that concert he died a few years ago but it was an amazing concert. Before that happened, that's like going. What's your favorite oh. concert? Oh, I,
0: uh, Jason Aldean in Vegas. It was great. It was so well, good. Maybe he was saying that it was a festival that was amazing. And then oh, also musical trivia. That's the that's where Curtis Mayfield got paralyzed. But no, he that- said Curtis He when they asked him what his favorite
1: show was, he said, "quote." quote Curtis (laughs) Curtis Mayfield at the Wingate Festival that's the quote that's like me saying again that's like going look Jason Aldean in Vegas it was so good right up until the point where this guy shot everybody and killed 70 people at the like what the fuck man pick another goddamn concert you're a politician just pick
0: anything well what I was going to say earlier was uh, look with things like this a lot of time they'll fudge something right so they'll print They'll print. We asked what your favorite concert is. But in reality, what they said to him was, what's the most memorable concert you were at? And he goes, oh, well, I can tell you it was this show that da da. This happened to Curtis Mayfield. It was actually an amazing show until that happened. You know what I mean? But changing one word from favorite to memorable. All of a sudden, it's a completely different answer. I just don't believe the press. I think they're utter scum and should be washed <laughs> from the face of the earth. That's how I, right, feel we're, about, I think we're going to
1: agree. I, I guess what I'm saying is this.
0: Agree if, to disagree? If you're
1: being a savvy politician, just pick something benign, man. Just... Just anything. Just say any fucking show. Just any other show except the show where the guy fucking got paralyzed from the neck down. But what if
0: they didn't ask what was your favorite show? What if they, they said what did? Most- that was I'm telling How do you know? Because I'm but reading I'm, you the fucking piece from Vanity I'm Fair. How do you know that the but I'm saying how do you know that that, that, that print is, is true is what I'm saying. You're, you you're, don't. You're how many ahead. times have you seen in a movie where a guy goes, Oh, they took this out of context? That's All what right. they do. Okay. Fine, let me
1: do this then. That's I'll, all. I, then I went and I found a video that he had made years ago uh, all right, about the same thing. <laughs> no, this is about this is about how to combat gun, basically nar- like narking on your kids. Okay, finding out if your kids are on drugs or they're doing something wrong, right? And he repeatedly mm-hmm. says in this video that there's no First Amendment rights in your house, and you can do whatever you want, and you should invade your children's privacy, right? And and I'm not necessarily just, but I'm going to play you. Just a tiny clip from this video, and then I want to see you fucking defend this.
2: You should always, when your child brings in his popular knapsack with many different locations, I can't hear what he it I can't hear What anything, exactly? But... Oh, you can't hear it? No. Oh, hold on. Wait. Let me. Uh... A gun could be hit. Can you a hear small it? Small caliber weapon could yep. be hitting inside a jewelry box. Look at the various colognes and perfumes and photos and pinches bit pictures. You should always, when your child brings in his popular knapsack with many different locations, look through it to see what exactly is your child carrying in addition to a book. Something simple as a crack pipe, a used crack pipe. Could he have found it on the street? That's quite possible. But this is a, right. a discussion piece where you should start speaking with him to find out what is he doing with it and, and the whole use of drugs. This invokes conversations. Look at picture frames and behind them. Cameras, try to determine what's what's taking place. Behind a picture frame, you can find bullets. What does that mean to find bullets? Does it mean your child is, is carrying a gun? No. Where there's smoke, there's possible fire. Where there's a bullet, there's possibly a gun. You should engage in the conversation and find out what are they doing, doing with the item, and this empowers the parents. Look at all the items inside the room. We feel around and see what's the possibility. Something simple as a as a baby doll it could be just a baby doll, but also it could be a place where you could secrete or hide drugs. Run your hands over okay. the
0: pillow. <laughs> Come it. on, man! Right? No, he's making perfect sense to uh, me. First of all, where you could secrete
1: drugs. What does that mean? Don't mean anything. Come on.
0: That I don't. That I don't know. But I I can't blame the man for using misusing a word. I do it all the time. But um, but I, what is so bad about that video? I mean, other than it's not eloquent, and it's a little it's a little fists and elbows. But I well, mean, it's, okay, it's the, you the find sentiment a, of it. you find a bad.
1: crack pipe, in your see, What's he doing with the crack pipe? What the fuck do you think he's
0: doing with it? Shoving up his well, ass? No, but what he's saying is is you he, he's saying don't just attack the kid like, like you're a drug addict. Talk to him and say, what's going on here? And try to have a conversation with your kid about what's happening. I actually think that's a pretty good approach. <laughs> I, yeah, I kind of disagree with you, man. I'm surprised. I just, you're a pretty liberal guy. I'm surprised. No, I just you're, feel like it's yeah. so
1: dumb. Like, it's like, what the fuck? If you find bullets in your kid's room, it doesn't mean he necessarily is... It- what do you mean behind a picture frame did you see what
0: he pulled that he pulled what
1: did he just oh, pull look, out of the
0: doll's ass look here's why here's why i don't take um issue with with what he's saying with his open-mindedness of the discovery of these items i lived in echo park for a few years when i was in la and i lived in a uh a a, a, a a bit of a grimier area of echo park there were fucking crack vials and syringes at the bottom of my street. So like you're a nine-year-old kid walking home. You find it like like when I was a kid when I'd find something I thought was interesting looking on the street and I bring it home. doesn't mean I'm shooting heroin. could mean I just live in a neighborhood where that kind of shit is on the ground sometimes. And you got to figure out what the fuck's going on. I actually don't think – I think you're privileged, Dan. And I think you live in a privileged bubble <laughs> – yeah. Yeah. Maybe this doesn't apply to Santa Monica, where you live. But there are neighborhoods that it does. Oh, man. Yeah. Dan's like, this doesn't happen at the outdoor mall in Santa Monica. What's he talking about? The fuck is that called? Uh, the, What's the promenade
1: The Promenade. I don't go. The no promenade. one goes. No one that lives there the goes there.
0: You fucking candy ass. All right. Well,
1: <laughs> very quickly, folks. If you're if you're playing along during our debate over the news, you might want to make a drink. So I'm going to give you. A, I'm going to give you a quick recipe here for a drink called the Dab, Joe. Maybe you should carry this at. The at, Dab. At maybe at you Joey put Rose's. a dab
0: pipe in your child's suitcase, and it's not. He it doesn't mean he's
1: doing dab. That's right. It's true. Thirty-five milliliters. What's it? What thirty-five milliliters? That's about
0: an ounce and a half, right? You're asking the wrong guy. Dude. I don't even know how to convert miles to kilometers. You're All asking the wrong guy. A
1: shot and a half, an ounce and a half of Dubliner. I go with the bourbon cask aged Dubliner, a lime wedge, a dash of Angostura bitters, and you top it with a little apple juice, Joe, a little apple juice. You put the whiskey and the apple juice in a rocks glass, you put the ice in, you stir it up, put the lime in there. It's called the dab. It'll make you, maybe
0: then your mind would be clear. The apple juice, Um, the, you lost me with the apple juice. Part. You don't like apple juice? I love apple juice. Apple juice is one of those beverages, though, that if I mixed it with liquor, I would not care for that. You know what I mean? Ooh, mine. is this bad? Is this is this bad for me to be saying? Am I criticizing like a sponsor's recipe? No, no. I'm oh, just okay. saying,
1: like, it, I I think that sounds delicious to me. But
0: it uh, there's something about apple juice with liquor. It's also like um, there's certain mixes of things that that gross me out. Whenever I've seen something, I've seen people do this when they mix iced tea with liquor. It, like people do vodka iced tea, you don't like that. It's so gross to me. Now, that said, I'll drink a hard tea, but something about mixing iced tea with liquor. I've seen people mix grape juice in with alcohol before. Like, there's, some, there's certain uh, mixers where I'm like, oh, that's that's like Ralph me out for some reason. I can't explain it. All right, what about this one then? This one's called
1: Wax- Waxy's Gargle.
0: Oh Jesus God!
1: The Dubliner also has an expression that is an Irish liqueur. That it's a honeycomb liqueur caramel. Okay, but when
0: in this I one, I have that one too. I haven't I haven't tried that yet, but I think that would be good with a hotter, maybe a hot drink. Could be good that with a hot said. drink. Now this drink yeah, is
1: yeah. you're gonna do you're gonna do uh, I, the bourbon cask, the Dubliner Irish whiskey, and then you're gonna do equal parts fifty milliliters. So let's go two and a half ounces, two to two of the the honeycomb liqueur Dubliner, and then the bourbon cask. Lemon juice, simple syrup, yeah. now a pale ale or an IPA in the uh-huh. drink, a little Angostura
0: bitters, and a sprig of rosemary. We're, think of talking, we're, we're, we're talking a hot toddy. And, and Instead of using ginger ale, you're putting in the bitters with the IPA. Right. right? Am I wrong? No. Basically? You're not wrong. See, I'm learning this business. Yeah. I could do a show like this. You could do, do this show. <laughs> I'm, de- I'm going to call mine... Uh, uh, yeah, I'm definitely drinking. I'm definitely... <laughs> what I'm uh, not... Uh, what, what, yeah, one man's reflection. it just be me talking into the mirror with a bottle of whiskey. for right.
1: d- you could call it What We're Not Drinking with Dan Dunn. Yo, hey, oh, ho, ho, and a bottle of rum. Well, you don't like my singing voice? Whatever. I want to be singing about rum anyway. I'd rather be drinking it. When I'm home alone on my couch, dressed up like a pirate, my go-to rum is Batiste. Teast rum is the first sustainable American craft rum. It's the only known beverage alcohol in the world to have a climate positive natural production process without the purchase of carbon offsets. Or Cardi B's Offset, for that matter. Though I love to dance to his music when I'm all rummed up and dressed like a pirate. Batiste Rum is made from 100% pure, fresh cane juice. Not molasses or sugar crystals. If you like your tequila 100% agave, then you'll love your rum 100% cane juice. And right now, I've got a couple of offers for you, dear listener. Go to BatisteRum.com. That's B A T I S T E R H U M. Com. Fill up your shopping cart and enter code WWD15 at checkout to get 15% off all your orders. And if you want their delicious reserve rum, enter code RESERVE, you get 20% off. That's cold hard cash. Batiste rum is my jam. Make it yours too. It's proof that great taste with true sustainability is not a goal for tomorrow, but a reality today. Joe, another news item I'm probably going to disagree on now, I guess. I thought, the, so I thought we'd be on the thought we'd be on the same page. As you know, is. these Canadian truckers have been protesting. It's gotten out of control. Yes. There are a lot of protests. Now it's come That's to
0: it got out of control.
1: Now it's come to Washington. These days come to America right. now. Now you got American truckers are doing a drive from California why because they're against these coronavirus restrictions and they're trying yes. to gum up the works. <laughs> they're gonna block traffic. They're gonna shut down fucking cities because they don't wanna put a fucking mask on. I don't want to get a vaccine.
0: Well, you can't, but here's the thing. Okay. Here's the thing. You can't say that. We have established in North America, this is not me taking a side of anything. All right. This is why I say, has it got out of control? Because we have accepted and established that when you want to protest against a thing you disbelieve in strongly, that this that this type of protesting is is, is okay. We've established it with many causes at this point. So I can't fault these truckers for following suit of what anybody does when they want to massively protest something. Why are they any more less allowed to do it than anybody else? It's not about that. Boss? It's
1: about shutting down cities like Ottawa. Literally, they shut down the city. They blocked all oh. routes in and out of well, the city. And you can't Justin do Justin Trudeau
0: shit. is Justin Trudeau can't handle the situation. But uh, that's you know. But you know what I mean? Look, here's the other thing. It, had he not shut down cities and said in the military, they would have called him a fascist. And that's what Trump did. And it was, you're a fascist. This is martial law. This is a disgrace. Meanwhile, Portland was a fucking shit show. You know what I mean? So Trudeau doesn't do that. He, can't, he doesn't know how to handle it. So he starts shutting down cities. And there's no, you know, you can't win. You can't win. Protests are meant to be disruptive, they are disruptive. And this is what a protest is. Uh, Talk to the talk to the Occupy Wall Street people and the people around them that experienced that. I was one of the people that was was in New York when that happened. Shop owners couldn't open their stores. Their businesses were being terribly hurt because people wanted to sit in in the park and occupy Wall Street. Nobody had sympathy for uh, the shop owners. Nobody said to the occupiers, how dare you? Because that that cause was considered righteous whereas the truckers are considered to be rednecks and stupid and whatever you want to call them and my point is i don't care what your cause is and whether i agree with it or not you either have a right to organize or you don't that's it i might have to, i i might have to concede that point to you thank you i'll it's, have, it's, I, will have a, a, I will have i will have a shot
1: of dubliner right now point conceded my friend
0: there's a good george carlin quote uh not that i am not in any way comparing myself but it's a great quote he goes, I have this real moron thing I do. It's called thinking. (laughs) Where do you put Carlin? Number one. He's Mount Rushmore, right? He's on. Number one. Greatest of all time. Only to be combated by Pryor. Only to be combated by Pryor. Or Cosby. I'll take Cosby as a contender. And you got to put, obviously, you have to put the the, the, uh, controversy aside. But if you want to talk just about a skill set from a comedian, those are the Top
1: three. I, I thought about having Cosby on the show because he has done some bartending. I've heard. Oh boy! Too soon. Oh boy! <laughs> Too soon.
0: Yeah. You no, take no, that right out. A, uh, no, it's a that's a that's a great like but i <laughs> joke. It's a funny joke. <laughs> uh so Bill. No, no, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Favorite cocktail. Um, um, by the way, <laughs> cocktail, you know what? Yeah, I'll tell what you what. About is the time I, I put it in a nurse that I met in Poughkeepsie. Get it? Cocktail? Did you get it? Put it in her. Yes.
1: What's so crazy yeah, about him I is I if heard. now they they dug they dug up all this old footage where. He repeatedly would make reference to what he would call a Spanish fly, which back yeah. in the pre was
0: basically a, a roofie. Yeah, no, he he repeatedly made reference to it, and repeatedly the audiences would die in hysterics, uh, knowing exactly what he was talking about. I think it was hilarious. Who
1: was the comedian that called him out?
0: Uh, um,
1: uh, Hannibal uh, Burris. Hannibal Burris Good <laughs> like guy. on I love stage on stage just one day. Went, you know, he's a rapist, right? Like, Bill Cosby's a <laughs> rapist. Everybody knows it. And I'm and, oh, it, shit. and, and then it made news. And then next thing you know,
0: holy shit. It went up like a tinderbox. Yeah. <laughs> never, but it's so crazy <laughs> that he's
1: the first one that had the balls to actually
0: just say it out loud. Well, there, no, there, it was on Wikipedia. It was on, it was out there. It was just, it would had sort of been dismissed. And Hannibal brought it up and said, you know, like, I'm tired of him criticizing people for wearing their pants too low when you've been accused of rape or whatever. and whatever. And he was basically saying, like, go look it up. Like, you can find it on the internet. And then, that's what I mean. It caught, like, a fucking...
1: Well, Eddie Murphy made a great like, joke a co- couple of years shit. ago. Eddie Murphy, he made it, I think it was on Saturday Night Live, and he referenced it. He said, yeah, you know, because Cosby used to give him shit. Remember, he, he did the thing where Cosby, you can't say flim and flarm and flim yeah, and yeah, flarm. Yeah. And Eddie's like, I didn't say flim and flarm. I said, fuck. And he's like, I think we, wa- I think we know who actually had the moral high ground there ultimately
0: but yeah <laughs> yeah all right so what you got no, that's a that's one of my favorite eddie murphy ones. yeah i ain't say no filth lawn i didn't feel the filth in fact i'm offended that you call it fuck you fuck you yeah. <laughs> now you had uh all right you got carlin you got cosby Fryer cosby and then i would put woody allen probably as my number four
1: i didn't say the problematic mount rushmore i said who's a kind well, con- yeah.
0: Uh, listen uh, again, controversy side, which they all fatty
1: Arbuckle. You couldn't get
0: him on there too. Jesus Christ. Uh, but, but no, but I mean, look, they all had, they all had crazy controversies, Carlin, the least of which, but even Carlin, if you, if you look at his personal life, you know, he had years of cocaine abuse. He was in a very, um, um, uh, turbulent marriage, you know, like now he doesn't have anything that goes anywhere near Cosby. Nobody does. And Pryor doesn't anything. Doesn't have anything. Well, to Pryor close did a lot of there. damage, but it was all to himself. Well, and I would I would argue that it was also to people around him. You know, like he, he wasn't exactly considered husband of the year and all that stuff. Sure, um, but but you know, but none of that to me holds a candle to, to to the accusations that Woody Allen faced. I also don't think Woody Allen molested his daughter. I'm one of the believers that he didn't do it, but I understand why a lot of people think he did. Uh, Cosby it's an undeniable thing, you know, uh, Alan, it's to me questionable and you could argue it. And then I think prior and Carlin have done some kind of wild shit, but nothing that would tarnish their reputation in such a way. You know what I mean? Um, but again, and I, and I, and I always was one to think that the, the argument of separating the artist from the art was kind of bullshit. In fact, I talked about it in one of my specials about, you know, I love how people will like continue to work with R. Kelly and go, I can separate the arts from the art. It's like, OK. Um, but, uh, you know, at, at some point it, it is it, it, in certain ways, it is a very valid argument. So it's like, what are we going to talk about? Are we going to talk about the person personally? Or are we going to talk about what they were able to do and what that did to comedy? Because you can't take away what Cosby did to comedy. He changed it. He, he revolutionized it in many ways. So did Pryor. So did Carlin. And I think Woody Allen did too. Um, you know, Lenny Bruce is often one people get. But Lenny I, – I respect Lenny Bruce tremendously. He never made me laugh. Um, Robert Klein is wildly respected. I like Robert Klein a lot. Doesn't make me laugh as much as as uh, as the, the other four I mentioned. Um, Seinfeld. I would consider Seinfeld a contender for my Mount Rushmore. I think Seinfeld is – I mean, he is the epitome of that type of humor, period. Like, you know, but also Joan Rivers. I could put Joan Rivers up there instead of Woody Allen. Uh, I could put, um, uh, you know, God, even modern comedians. Maria Bamford, Attell, Patrice. Chappelle. A I mean, right everybody together. will throw Chappelle, it, now,
1: Yeah, Chappelle. Now everybody absolutely. says Chappelle, Bill Burr, Joe DeRosa. Yeah.
0: Joe DeRosa, Joe DeRosa, Joe Rosa. That's embarrassing when they'll do that. They'll name me three times because they can't think of, <laughs> Take of three videos. other equivalents. But uh, no, but not, but like, you know, there's, there's a lot. But but I would say that my, my trifecta, and it, it's most people's. Most people's holy trinity of comedy is either prior Carlin and Bruce or prior Carlin and Cosby. That's kind of the holy trinity for almost everybody. Okay. You know, and I can't argue it. A lot of people, Chris Rock puts Kinnison on his Mount Rushmore. I think Kinison was brilliant for a finite period of time. I loved Gary Shanling too, man. Gary Shanling's another one. He's brilliant.
1: And, um, God, you know who I also loved and maybe it's affiliate, but David Brenner used to just make me laugh, man.
0: I always like Brenner's kind of the original Seinfeld, but Seinfeld took it to new heights. I thought, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I agree. Brenner, you know, some people say more Some people say Steve Allen, you know, look, Alan King, you know, kind of the last of like the great Borscht Belt comedians. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, Rodney Dangerfield, for Christ's sake. You know, who I probably you know, like, quote
1: the most though, Joe. But this is I, my sensibility lies more that way. Is Stephen Wright? Stephen Wright. Like I, I loved Stephen Wright so much because I can remember his joke because it's all those you know, like some people are afraid of heights. I'm afraid of widths. You know that kind of yeah, just yeah, that observational yeah. shit to me. Where I love, I just it fascinates me how the brain works. Like, like he has one joke that he, that I just love so much when he said, I, I used to work at a fire hydrant factory. It was a great job, but you couldn't park anywhere near the place. And to me, yeah, like that, fine. like shit like that. I, I don't like, I it just, where does that come from?
0: No, it's great. It's great. He's great. Um, you know, uh, what's her, um, uh, what's her name? Jesus, sorry. Uh, whoopi Goldberg. I mean, you want to talk about like a revolutionary whoopi Goldberg. Hold changed- on, hold on. Eddie, Eddie Murphy.
1: It is, it, it is Steve Martin. Of what course. about Steve Martin? Steve, when you say change comedy, Steve Martin changed comedy in that he was the first and, and you've, have you read born standing up his, his, course, yeah. and so what was incredible about Steve Martin was he was like the first guy that was like fucking state, like a reading, stadiums, right? Arenas. Right. And he didn't like it. Well, it got so big, his last shows that he ever did, Nassau Coliseum, I believe it was, he did like five shows, sold out. This is the height of the King Tut, wild and crazy guy shit. And he didn't tell anybody, but he did that as he wrote in the book. He did the final of the fifth show and he said, I'm done, never doing it again. And he's never done it again. I, don't th- I think he, he might have did five minutes opening for Seinfeld on Broadway as a surprise
0: thing. Yeah, he does stuff like that. He did the show, the live show of Martin Short. He hosted the Oscars a couple times. But you know, never like,
1: like actual stand-up, go out and do it.
0: Well, like know. like stand-up like telling jokes, but not like what yeah. he used to do.
1: By the way, this show is called What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn and I don't want to, Joe needs to learn some stuff. Another Dubliner I want to tell you and I just kind of want to get your opinion on this. As a bar owner now, Right. <laughs> So it's, it's, it's called the Dubliner beer cask series, smoked stout, you know, rascals brewery. So they, they take this and they actually age this Irish whiskey in beer casks. So you're going to get these cookie. I'm noses. very interested. I think it's so cool that these, that these people that are working in these distilleries go, you know what? Fuck it. Let's put our Irish whiskey in a beer cask. Let's see what it, let's get that maltiness
0: from the beer cast in there. That smokiness. It's cool, right? That's interesting. That's interesting. I, I I would love to get my hands on a bottle of that. They sent me the honey one yeah. and the bourbon cast one. Okay. Well, we'll I'd get, love to try that. We're going to get cast. that one to you. Now,
1: final, final news item, Joe, the big news. Everybody's talking about it. It's it's a personal news. Uh, this, when I get off this Zoom with you, I am headed out to dinner with the one, the only, Kurt Russell.
0: I, yeah, <laughs> I heard about this, and this is why you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> You're just such an asshole. So Dan and I have known each other for quite some time. And Dan's one of these guys who doesn't seem to have ever done anything, yet he knows all these famous. <laughs> <laughs> what
1: are you talking about? I published four books. I got a
0: podcast. You know, a you know. Podcast. Snooky published four books. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> You know I mean? <laughs> come He's on man guys, he lives at the beach you're like you know I, I don't know what he does i don't know what he does <laughs> he knows. every celebrity
1: god bless it's yeah. working
0: out so but anyway i'm having dinner I with knew kurt. already yeah i knew already that you knew kurt russell and that was one of the ones out of the, the people that you've told me you know that i that i was a little like st- not a little i was like starry-eyed about it i was like that's really cool this yeah. is a living legend one of the toughest of the tough guy actors, man's man. Like this is—he's the last of a dying breed. I mean, who do we got? let him, Harrison Ford. Yes, Cruz. Cruz still kicking ass. Love Tom Cruise.
1: I'm a Tom Cruise fan. I am.
0: Schwarzenegger and Stallone still cranking one out here and there, right? Yeah. But I mean, this 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 genre of actor is kind of is not prevalent as as prevalent as it used to be. Uh, a guy that looks like he has real scars on his body. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So, well,
1: he's a genuine. He, Kurt's a genuine badass. He he w- was going to be a professional baseball player. He was on track. He got hurt. Blew his arm out. But he was, you know, that kind of an athlete, maybe becomes an actor, but he he flies his own planes. He makes his own fucking wine. He does his own stunts a lot of times. And he's like, he doesn't take shit from anybody. He's a very, he's got a- You can see
0: in his eyes, he's got nothing to prove, which is what is the mark of a guy like that.
1: Unlike me, who has to prove to everyone that I know Kurt Russell by mentioning on my show. Yeah. So here, here's the, this is what the launching, because I want to get, I know you're a fan, so I want
0: to ask. Oh, wait. Say this line to him tonight, though, because we talked about Steve Martin. Yeah. And now we're talking about Kurt Russell. Okay. Steve Martin has a book called Pure Dribble, and it's comedic essays. And it's hilarious.
1: I've never read It's it. an amazing. That. I'm going to write that down.
0: It's hilarious. Okay. And if you get the audio book on Audible, he reads it, which is awesome. But I read it when I was fresh out of college, and then I got the audio book recently to revisit it and actually listen to it. And it's very, very, very funny. But he's got a um, chapter in it that's about a secret society in Hollywood of scientists, which is a, it's a shot at Scientology. How it was like this secret thing back in the day. And he talks about a meeting they have. And he starts listing off all the celebrities are there, that are there at the meeting and what their science thing that they're secretly working on is. And my favorite line in the whole in the whole book, he goes... And Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn were there talking about how they had uh, how they had cataloged just about every damn grasshopper species there was on the earth. <laughs> and, and, and the phrasing of it was so fucking perfect. I was like, I can a thousand percent hear Kurt Russell or Goldie Hawn saying that in exactly those words. I was like cackling out loud when I read that uh, as a 21 year old. I'm going to bring that up. You got to, him. you got to bring it up to him. every damn grasshopper species on the entire. earth. <laughs> All
1: right, I'm gonna, anyway. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up. So now I want to ask you as a yeah. fan of Kurt, top five Kurt Russell
0: movies. The Thing, obviously, number one. Thing is number one for you. Anybody that says the Thing isn't number one is is a uh, is a. Uh, cooler a lot. I'm, I'm
1: gonna say that, but go ahead. I'm gonna say it's not number one, but go ahead.
0: It's the thing. I mean, come on, dude. what <laughs> we got to sticking floor. with,
1: sticking with the theme of this episode. We're gonna debate, but go ahead.
0: Thing is number one. The thing, number one. Number two, uh, uh, Hateful Eight. Okay, for me. All right, number three, I'll go with Big Trouble, a little China. Uh, I'm it. not, I'm, I'm not a huge. I like the movie. I'm not a huge fan of the movie, but I do like the movie. But as far as Kurt Russell roles go, it's as Kurt Russell as you get, man. I mean, it's, it's, you know, number four, here's a real curveball, And you're going to be like, what are you talking about? I'm going to give you Overboard. I find him hilarious in that movie. Overboard is good. I love a playful Kurt Russell and you don't get to see it often. Uh, And then number five, I don't know what my number five would be. I mean, most people would say, you know, most people would have an escape from New York in there. Uh, I think it's a cool movie. I was never a huge Snake Plissken fan, even though that's sort of his Indiana Jones. Um, I like him a little better when he's playing a down and dirty, uh, uh, what's it called? Bone Tomahawk.
1: Oh, Jesus. That's a hard movie to watch. though. it's so good that I'm gonna uh, give that
0: my number five. I love Bone, Bone Tomahawk. Tomahawk
1: was great, but it's it's you gotta like there's some gory fucking shit in that movie.
0: Oh yeah, but I'm a big horror fan or whatever, and I love that movie and I love Craig Zoller. So that's that's my top five. I'll put Bone Tomahawk before um, Overboard. Overboard is sort of a again, it's one of those ones. I don't love the movie, but I love his character in it, and I think Goldie Hahn is really great in it. I, I, it's a very charming film and I, it's fun to see them have fun.
1: All right. I like your list. Not going to lie. I do nice. like your list. I'm <laughs> going to go probably number five. I'm going to go backdraft. I come from a firefighter family. Right. So I, I, I was always a big fan of a backdraft. So I'm going to throw that in there. Okay. Right. Oh, let's think here. Let's think what. Well, I don't know if this makes All right, I'm going to go backdraft. I'm going to go Escape from New York at number four. Used cars at number three. Uh, I never saw used cars. I heard oh it's amazing. Oh, my God. I loved used cars, man. Um, at number two, I'm going to go The Thing. And at number one, I'm going to go with one that I can't believe is in a, even on your list. Tombstone.
0: I never saw Tombstone. You believe that?
1: What? Come on, man! That's that is Kurt Russell at
0: his at Wyatt fucking Earp. I've 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 heard that, and I just I never saw it. I love to see. I would love to see Tombstone. I love Val Kilmer. I would love to see uh, Val in that thing. Uh, I, I would love to see Kurt I think. I just never saw it. But It's, um, it, it's a tough thing. I mean, because look, you could make
1: it, you could make an entirely different list with five other movies that would be, uh, like I didn't have the Hateful Eight on mine. You got Miracle. I thought he was great in Miracle. Tango and Cash, man. Don't fucking laugh. Yeah, Tango and Cash. Yeah. Silkwood. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, people have seen
0: Silkwood. But well, Tango it, and Cash was kind of like, to, to me, I mean, there were but, buddy comedies before that, like The In-Laws or whatever. But Tango and Cash, to me, was, was kind of the prototype for every bu- buddy cop, every buddy movie. I guess buddy cop movie, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, in, in the in the 80s through the 90s. Like, that was, you know what I mean? That was like that and Lethal Weapon kind of set the tone for everything.
1: Joe DeRosa has a podcast. It's wildly popular called Taste Buds. He does it with Sal Volcano of... The uh, the, what do they say? Uh, Practical Impractical Jokers, Jokers, Impractical Jokers. It's a great podcast. They sit on a couch, they debate food stuffs and such and things. And uh, he's also go, what else you got? You got stand up tour?
0: You touring anywhere? Yeah, listen, I'm touring. Um, I'm going out every month right now, a few days a month, a uh, handful of shows. So you can catch any of those shows, uh, and in info, and ticket sales, and links, and all that stuff at joe.deRosaInfo.com. Uh, my next run of dates, I'll be in Philly at the Punchline for March, then down to South by Southwest to do a couple food shows and a couple of stand-up shows. I'm also going to be uh, in April at the Irvine Improv and then at the American Comedy Company. Wait, Irvine,
1: Irvine, California?
0: Yeah, I'll be coming out in April. Wait, you're, not so telling me about,
1: you're not telling me about this trip? Well,
0: actually, what I would love to do is stay with you so I'm close to that goddamn <laughs> Irvine Improv. You can stay here, man. All right, great. By the way, I
1: teed this shit up for you and you did not – hit it out of the park you forgot to mention your biggest upcoming date March 25th the Stand Comedy yes. Club uh, What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn and Friends Joe's one of the friends
0: yes. yeah, and, uh, yeah. I have another podcast called We'll See You in Hell where we review movies look us up that catalog's available everywhere new episodes available on Patreon and finally Joey Roses That's right. 174 Ribbington Street in the heart of the Lower East Side of New York City come on by we're open Tuesday through Sunday. Info on hours, ordering online, whatever it is you need. Go to JoeyRosesNYC.com.
1: Do you need to know anything more? And folks, I want to thank you for listening. I thank the folks for the Dubliner. By the way, I don't know if you guys heard Dubliner. Joe wants you to send the whole range, all the whiskeys you got. And I want one of their jackets. I love that
0: jacket. You didn't, you you didn't get the jacket? No. Oh, I they didn't said, get a jacket. You didn't get a jacket. They said they were sending no. me a jacket. I, no, I didn't get a jacket. Please oh, they, have them send me. They sent me. They, they sent those. me this jacket. So cool. It's the
1: coolest looking jacket. I'm going to get a jacket for you and go there. Maybe you, you. I, you can buy this Dubliner jacket. Go to their website and you can find it on there. I got one, and I tell you what, when I go out, no joke, when I go out, people go, "Where'd you get that jacket?
0: It's the coolest looking thing." Of course, Dan is at the time wearing the wearing his. Where'd you get that jacket T-shirt?
1: Where'd you get that jacket t-shirt? And I was like, well. wearing a t-shirt that says, ask me where I got my jacket. And you know what I say when people people ask me where I got my jacket? I go, you know, it's funny you should ask, because I was just telling my good friend
0: Kurt Russell this the other day. Oh, God. Do you
1: think it's obnoxious, the name dropping? Do you
0: think it is? It's been obnoxious since I've known you, but it's the only reason I stay friends with you. Is that the hopes that they like, one day will meet one of these people? You text me today. What are your favorite Kurt Russell movies? I go, oh my god, I'm going to be on with Kurt Russell, and then it's, it's not that. It's just you're going to go to dinner with him after and, and passively mention me. Kurt Russell doesn't zoom, dude.
1: If Kurt, there's no fucking way Kurt Russell does zooms. There's no way. Oh, well, what, what does he do? I I've never asked Kurt. What's well he actually, do? He doesn't. He doesn't do anything.
0: Yeah. The, uh, Sorry, I have uh, listen, I have adoring fans I need to speak to. Oh,
1: yeah, people that here. are
0: coming back into the bar and, and Joe's a busy to say man. Joe, everybody's a Joey
1: Roses. Make sure you folks get yourself. Call him the Steve Martin thing. Don't forget. Grasshopper they were categor- cataloging every grasshopper species on
0: earth. No, no, no. So you're gonna fuck it up. I need mean, you will know you what te- will you text it to me? Call me. No, call me when you're with him if you can't remember and I'll just tell it to you. I'm not asking you to talk to him. He says <laughs> And Goldie Hunt and Kurt Russell there talking about how they catalog just about every damn grasshopper species on earth. <laughs> yeah, the damn is the key line, is the key word. If, if you Dan, don't fuck this up. I'm you totally gonna fuck it up.
1: I'm gonna totally fuck it up. You gotta
0: call me. <laughs> I'm like, I will not you, ask to talk. I will not ask to speak to Kurt Russell. If you get
1: a FaceTime for me, it's gonna be me calling you with Kurt Russell. Just know that. So I make promise you, you, I will not ask shit speak up. to him.
0: I just want you to get this line right because it's so funny that it needs to be right. All right. I'll get it right. All right. I promise. I love you.
1: All right, man. Love you too. And thank you everybody for joining and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.